Hi everyone, this is Little Miss Wow and I am absolutely thrilled to be joined this evening, well evening my time, uh, mm -hmm. by Alex Hopkins and Jen Pritchard from Simply Power Planner. So just in way of introduction, I am first come across, came across Alex uh, through Facebook. I stumbled across her Simply Power Planner Facebook group um, and I thought this is quite interesting. Let's, um, let's find out a little bit what was going on overseas. So uh, Jen and Alex, thank you for joining me on, uh, on what, was, what is going to be both the podcast and also a, um, a video which is part of our Academy series. So thank you so much for spending your time. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Oh, that's all right. So, so just for, so everyone's aware. So Alex, you're in Hawaii. Yes, I'm in Hawaii. Such a terrible life. Although she has got yeah, three poorly awful. children, three poorly children, so she's not having it all good, and she's not slept for days. <laughs> so this is progress. <laughs> and we've got Jen, who's in Colorado, more recently moved there. Is that right? Yes, moved from Texas to Colorado. Yep. So you have a, a virtual business, which I want one of you to obviously give everybody a bit of a rundown of um, of what it is. So, but first of all. About how you two met. I don't mind which one kind of kicks off. Go on, Alex, go. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, Jen and I also met on Facebook. So, um, <laughs> I know. So, I had been working as a virtual pair planner, and in the US, the pair planning community, let alone the virtual pair planning community, was very, very small. This was a few years ago. And there weren't many people doing it. There weren't many people working in the financial planning space as a pair planner virtually. So Jen had reached out on Facebook to one of, um, to one of the Facebook groups that we were mutually in and asked if anyone wanted to start a study group, a mastermind group for those that were doing virtual pair planning. And because there were so few of us out there, um, we started one. Jen started it. It was Jen, myself, and was it two others, three others? Three others, yeah. And that's how we connected. Um, and then we, we met very regularly via Zoom, just like this. And, um, you know, we had so much in common. We believed in the same things as far as um, careers go in, in the financial planning industry and virtual pair planning. Um, and so we joined forces here about a year ago, a year and a half ago. And, and we've been working together since. So, Jen, was it a worthwhile Facebook post? It definitely was. I made some really awesome connections through that post. So, and now we're here. So, I know. I'm amazing. Amazing how stuff happens. So, obviously, you two met because of kind of a mutual interest and a mutual role. So, t tell me a little bit about kind of the lack of. Um, the lack of people around at that time like was this a surprise to you or was this like are they all being locked in cupboards in clients off like in advisors offices throughout the world like where <laughs> is everybody what, what was your like general thoughts at that time yeah, I think I posted it because I was I started working with a couple of different advisors virtually after working in office and I was kind of done with the traditional in office setup um, and I was really honestly just curious if there's anyone else out there that did that and because I knew nobody like I, I had no clue if there's anyone out there so when I posted it um I, I am pretty positive that the four or five of us that joined a mastermind group were the only ones out there at the time really doing it um so it was pretty crazy to kind of and now there's so many people that are doing it so it's, it's been a huge change in the past couple of years but you say doing it but it's actually quite interesting what it is and, and obviously, I'm following some of your um, some of your videos, that, which we'll talk about in a second. But you know, you're really having to redefine, as are we, in our kind of separate spaces, exactly what the hell a power planner is. Mm -hmm. 
And that's a massive educational piece, isn't it, that you're very much focused on? Yeah, and I think we're focused both on what is a paraplanner in general, and then also because our business is focused on working virtually, we're also trying to teach people what does it mean to be virtual in this world as well. Yeah. So tell, so tell me about Simply Paraplanners. So for someone who's an absolute novice, you know, he's brand new to paraplanning. Tell me about, you know, what, what you've created. So it is a two-piece project. So Simply Paraplanner, its parent site started in 2015 as a job board. And so the heart of it is a job board to help financial planners and financial planning firms connect with virtual paraplanners. Because like we were just saying, virtual paraplanning did not exist only a few years ago. And there was no place for individuals to connect and find these jobs and find these virtual paraplanners. So the website itself started simply as a job board. But it has grown into a big community. We have over a thousand members now on the website. And we also recently created a paraplanner portal, which is basically a virtual academy for paraplanners. So the academy focuses on those interested in becoming a virtual paraplanner. So we have courses, resources. One of the most important pieces are software trainings. So, for example, people coming into financial planning as a career changer, um, or even those really just graduating from the, um, from the degrees in financial planning, did not have a place to learn software, whereas most entry-level positions were requiring you to have a base-level knowledge of their financial planning software. So we've partnered with a number of different financial planning software companies to allow our academy members to go through their trainings, through their courses, and train up on their software so that they're ready to be hired virtually now. Fab. So, so is it is it mainly the virtual paraplanners that you're looking to attract into your community, or does it does it really not matter? It could they could be in full time jobs, employed by an advisor. Are they welcome to, or is it just the virtual ones? So, so everyone's welcome. Um, as far as our job board goes, our job board is 100% virtual. So okay. we don't um, like our mission is to create as many opportunities virtually across the country as yeah. we can. And so by doing that, we have restricted that to purely virtual. But then the portal itself is can pretty much be whoever wants to learn the information we have in there. So, so how does the so we'll flick to the portal because obviously I'm particularly interested. So, the, the the first question that springs to mind is, you know, where are those virtual power planners? Are we talking country specific? Are they in the states? Are they the states and the UK? Where where are your current members? Where are they? They're currently, I would say. 99% in the US. We do have some that are coming elsewhere. We do have a number of expats. So yeah. for example, I'm a military spouse and we move all over the world. And so we do have a number of US-based applicants that are applying from military bases overseas or um, people that are married to foreign service members. So they are, for example, I just helped with some interviews for some positions this past week. And I interviewed with five individuals all over the world, Hong Kong, Japan, wow. Mexico, um, all applying for these virtual jobs. But they are mostly from the US. So, so, so for example, so if I had somebody in the UK, for example, that was uh, moving over to the States, you know, this could be something that they could potentially tap into. So it's mainly, so are your advisors mainly US-based? Yes. For these power yes. planners to support. So it's, it's US regulation, US policies, products. Mm -hmm. So it's within the, within the US space. Exactly, yes. So we're, so we're basically reaching out to anybody that's either watching this or listening to this who is a U.S. 
based power planner or has experience in that area to really connect with you for opportunities and training and development because let's be honest there is no there's nowhere else they're going to get it is there exactly yeah Yeah. so power planning in the u.s just isn't really recognized yet i would say and we are working to change that um and so right now we are the only community for power planners in the u.s not just virtual power planners but the only community for power planners in the united states yeah Good job. Sorry. (laughs) I was just going to say, like, good job. I mean, you know, there's always got to be those people that that literally get off their backsides and make stuff happen. And it's incredible what the two of you have done, really. Whilst juggling families and, you know, ill children and moving countries and counties. And it's it's amazing. I think it's fab. I've said this to you before. I think it's amazing. It's amazing. Thank you very much. Go on, Jen. What was you going to say? Oh, no, I was just, well, to your point right there, it's, it's, it's really been amazing for us to see what, who are we placing into these jobs? There are people that wouldn't traditionally work in an office. So there's um, parents who are trying to get back into the industry. There's um, career changers, military spouses, all these people who don't traditionally fit into an in-person office that we're helping. But then um, going back to what we were talking about earlier about the parent planner thing in the U.S., I think the reason why we're having to educate a lot is because the term paraplanner used to mean something completely different. Yeah. And we're trying to transition that into, it's not just about filling out forms and it's not, um, you know, filing documents. It's actually true financial planning work with people who know how to um, do the technical side. And they also have the skills and ability to work with advisors and be that support person. So we've been kind of working to try and change I guess the term of paraplanner yeah um here but so it's interesting because obviously you know one of the reasons that I wanted to connect with particularly obviously Alex because I didn't at that point know that you even existed so it was Alex that I kind of stumbled across um was the the sort of the other skills because it's interesting because I think this is where you know when we've spoken previously that's where kind of I start getting goosebumps on my body like because I get all excited and sort of a bit tetchy about it all because there's the role of a paraplanner the framework of it is pretty global I think with a bit of tweaking and and twiddling I think you know really the the framework of the role is the framework of the role there's a certain level of academic qualifications and knowledge but you know the bit that I get so excited about is all that other stuff that sits around that that sort of technical framework um which is we call it the soft stuff but it's not it's the essential stuff right Mm -hmm. so 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 what what do you feel are the you know top three top four top five skills that are that a power a global power planner you know needs to have regardless of the country you know what because different different frameworks legislation products etc but you know what are those like must-haves if you're going to be a kick-ass the best on the planet power planner you know what are those what are those other things talk to me about them I think the first one would be communication skills. So, Go for five each. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would say communication first and foremost, first and foremost um, because obviously we work in the virtual space, but even if you're not virtual, being able to communicate effectively with the advisor, um, communicate the work that you've been doing, communicate regularly um, to keep each other in the loop. Um, so I think just being able to know when to speak up, how to speak up, and what to present is extremely important. So do you think, 
do you think that as a skill um because I, I i believe that communication comes hand in hand with confidence because yes. you know i've come across amazing power planners who they don't open their mouth like mm -hmm. they've got so much to say and you know they've got concerns about this or they you know they've got ideas about this but they just won't speak they're such they're almost like they want to stay in the corner and not be kind of you know the light shone on them do you, do you think that confidence comes hand in hand with that communication absolutely 100 percent. i was just working with an advisor yesterday who is trying to find a new paraplanner and one of the key issues that she had with a previous paraplanner was that paraplanner's inability to speak up and ask questions even though she knew that this paraplanner had questions um, and not being able to she knew that this person had the abilities and skills to perform the technical side of the financial planning, but yet needed so much handholding and was never able to let go and fly on their own, basically, and just didn't have the confidence to do it themselves. She was, this individual was more than capable, but just needed too much handholding. And, and it really came down to lacking confidence as a parent. It's a problem. It's a, it's a major problem, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's all, and it almost sadly, you know, I, I I've written an article recently about kind of the killer skill and I've said it's I've said it's confidence in their own mm -hmm. skin I mean it's 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 because everything else is then so um so learnable I guess and so like you know but confidence is that driving one so so you've got communication what what else Jen have you got any thoughts on to add to that yeah I would I have a couple <laughs> um, I would say probably time management is a big one as well yeah. especially with our community where we have paraplanners who are working for multiple firms because they're working part-time for multiple firms um, being able to manage your time really well um, and also speak up and have that confidence to say hey I'm at capacity or hey yeah. I have a little room here like let's kind of figure out what I can do and what I can't do and and those types of things yeah Okay, so we've got we've got we've got communication skills, time management skills. Any more? I think I mean they all kind of go hand in hand, but organizational skills as well. Yeah. So being able to stay on top of your projects and separate them, especially as virtual pair planners, many of them do work with multiple advisors. So being able to organize where you are on a certain project with each advisor. Um, and separate the clients that you're working with and just being able to stay very organized so that you can stay confident and, you know, um, communicate well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it all, it yeah. all goes hand in hand. It really does. So, so when we were, when we were drafting the power planner standard, this was a, a massive topic in terms of, you know, what are those things? And we put things in like accuracy, um, responsiveness, mm -hmm. um, or, or ambition, to a degree like it was it was almost passion for the role talk to me about how important you think uh, or you feel the love of the job is because I, I like I have this thing that you can't you can't be a power planner if your heart's not in it like there's just there's, it's just not an option like you've got to love this job more than life itself at times because it's quite a tricky job to do what what's, what's your what's your thoughts on that I mean, I personally, I completely agree with that. I think passion is extremely important, especially in this industry. If you're just going in and doing, knocking out plans, but you don't really care what you're doing, you're not going to continue to um, improve on your skill sets and you're not going to continue to um, improve, like just move up with your career. And I, and I think that if you don't have that passion, then um, you should really probably be looking somewhere else. Um, so it's, it, I, I think it's very important. Alex, what about you? What do you think? 
I would agree. And I would say that some of our most successful parent planners that we see are those career changers. And the reason is because their passion is so obvious. It's so tangible because they are giving up a career in whatever field they currently were to let go, take a leap and jump and dive into financial planning. So if they weren't passionate about it, then they wouldn't be giving up their good pay, their good position, you know, everything that they've been working for to go into financial planning. And they're the ones that become very, very successful. Yeah. Now I'm going to, I'm going to throw something in the mix because this, this can be a little bit, um, a little bit disruptive and I, I sometimes get shot down a little bit for it, but I'm going to go for it anyway. This is my podcast. I can do what I want. <laughs> talk about whatever I want. But, um, but one of the interesting things in the UK, so power planning for a lot of years has been seen as a, the poor relation to a financial advisor. It's like, oh, you didn't make it as a financial advisor. Oh, there's a bit of that going on. There's also a bit of, I'm a power planner and people say, what, you don't want to be a financial advisor? What's wrong with you? right so we in the uk we've got this bit of a problem that one power plan is, is seen absolutely in most cases as a stepping stone stepping stone to becoming an advisor and if you don't make it as an as a financial advisor and stay as a power planner then it's like ne- never mind like try try harder next time sort of thing and we're trying to really push this do you know what it's actually a role in its own right get stuffed i don't want to be a financial planner or an advisor i'm quite proud of who i am is that the same is that the same in the us are you seeing them same trends or is it totally emerging as a role that's not advice not planning it's power planning what's your experiences over in the states i think it's always been viewed or it's always yeah, I think it's always been viewed as a stepping stone in the past. It's always, you know, been an entry level position that is a stepping stone to becoming a lead advisor. And if you if you don't plan on becoming a lead advisor, then there's no other measure of success in the financial planning industry, right? It's incredible, you have to become a lead advisor. Incredible. And that's what, yeah, exactly. I think it's unfortunate, and that's what we're trying to change and show that you can become a professional pair planner and be the technical expert in a financial planning firm and allow others to focus on the relationship management side. And that's what we have a number of individuals that are doing that very successfully. They, a lot of them have come from client facing roles or lead advisor roles. And a number of them have even had their own financial planning firms only to realize, hey, I really prefer the financial planning technical side. And that's where my passion is. I love doing the financial planning. And so they step back from that client facing role. They step back from being a firm owner and now they're going virtual para planning so that they can really focus on the technical side and just yeah. grow where grow where they love it's, it's fascinating right so i i did a i did a little exercise and it was literally on the on the back of a note notepad piece of paper that was literally no bigger than this right and it was i i listed all of the financial we'll say advisors but we won't say planners we'll say advisors that i knew in my existing client bank and i worked out that 40 percent of them were actually para planners wow. okay and that and i did and i literally just list uh, simple i listed their names and i was like yeah, yeah, yeah and i just highlighted the ones that actually fit fitted more into a para planning role as we defined it in that standard than an advisory role and you know what those 40 percent probably out let's say 30 of them would rather the ground swallow them up whole and vanish off the face of the earth and become a power planner because it was seen as a it would be mm-hmm. a seen as a stepping stone but i tell you what those 30 percent were failing at being financial advisors they were really struggling because they're in the wrong job mm-hmm. yeah. and do i mean 
you have this shortage shortage globally of good power planners but actually if those advisors that were currently advisors but really are power planners actually fessed up and said i'm actually a power planner we would we would almost overnight tattle ash power planners shortage across the world because okay. most of them are in disguise in the wrong flipping jobs yeah i think part of it is like people don't realize their different skill sets and that's exactly kind of what you're saying it's like the relationship manager is a completely different skill set than the para planner and it's like they want people to come in or firms in our and at least in the u.s and it sounds like probably in the uk as well they bring people in as para planners and then want them to move over into this advisor role and you're like wait a second no those don't align and they're completely different skill sets and also i think it's a matter of firms realizing the value of a para planner yeah. and someone becoming a very very excellent skilled para planner and right now i don't think that's valued as much no. um and so it, it's kind of like you said there's people who are like i have to be an advisor because that's what is you know the top of the ladder kind of thing yeah. if i stay a para planner then i'm i'm not good enough kind of kind of set up but yeah and no. it's so sad yeah like we because you know i say i mean i think i've sort of the penny's just dropped a little bit actually just speaking with you girls is that you know we have a huge shortage of power planners in the uk like it's 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 ridiculous i mean i looked on of the online um webs websites today for jobs there's probably over two thousand power planning roles vacancies but i reckon that the majority of that shortage is actually the most of the, the best candidates for those jobs are actually failing advisors in firms today so there was almost this we're causing our own problem it's not a case mm -hmm. of getting new power planners into the sector it's about pulling the ones out of the wrong jobs and into the right jobs mm -hmm. i.e out of advisory into into um into the, the power planning space um in terms of um, another question around kind of pay, because you're quite right, Jen, you know, power, plan power planning is still sadly a bit of the poor relation. And if you want to earn the big bucks, you've got to become an advisor or a planner because that's where the commission splits and the big fees are paid. Talk to me about um, power planning rates and, you know, charge out rates for both a virtual and what and what the guys are being paid in firm. I mean, is that are you seeing that's on the increase in terms of they're getting what they're worth as power planners financially? So, Go on. so we see virtual para planning. Again, it's different than um, in in-house para planning, but they are hired on either 1099 or W2. Um, salary. So we see it kind of go either way. So 1099, they'll be paid an hourly rate and then W2 would just be an annual salary. Okay. Um, yeah. And I think it really does go back to the term, you know, what, what you call the individual. And I think here in the U S many people still view the word paraplaner as an entry level position. Oh, I don't know if Jen remembers this, but when we started that mastermind group, that study group, Everyone in the group did not want to be called a paraplanner. They said, what else can we call ourselves? Let's, let's reinvent a new word to describe what we're doing because none of us want to be associated with the word paraplanner. No way. Absolutely. And then finally, I spoke up and I said, hey, instead of trying to hide from the word paraplanner, let's work on redefining the role paraplanner. And that's what Jen and I have been working so hard to do is to help people not be ashamed of being a paraplanner and to just embrace it. 
And so when you ask what a paraplanner makes here in the U.S., it's important to lump in all of these other job titles under the umbrella of the paraplanner because so many firms and so many people are using other words. So like financial planning analyst, financial planning specialist, um, you know, associate financial planner that's not client facing. And so there's so many different firms that fall into, you know, what a paraplanner is. Um, So I think if you lump in all of those terms, then yes, I think being a paraplanner is paid appropriate. Yeah, good. It, it certainly, I mean, it, you, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm happy to share lots of information with you guys because I think there's there's huge amounts of interesting stuff sloshing around in the UK. But you know, you can you can probably get a paraplanner that's probably on not that much less than a fully qualified sales financial advisor here in the UK. Like they're on probably seventy thousand pounds, which is ninety thousand dollars like this is this is serious serious money and it's because there's two thousand jobs and ten paraplanners looking Mm -hmm. for jobs you know what i mean they've they've got the market stitched up completely um but but what's i did a a, a, um, an event recently and the title was um and it was to paraplanners and it was actually money talks but not for long that's that was the title of the the, the session and I was saying you know you've been able to demand these really high salaries because um, you know well the, the advisors don't know any better so they're scared into just paying all these massive big wages because they need the job done but actually what advisors and planners are doing is they're they're cottoning on to the fact that they're not going to pay them sorts of amounts of money for mediocre and and that's and it's turning so as the more globally we educate what para planning is the more the advisors are going well hang on you might be called a para planner mrs fred you know frida blogs in my business but you're not a para planner according to the education that i've been receiving about what a para planner is so i think there's in a way where supporting the profession of para planning but at the same time is we're busting those that actually are calling themselves a para planner but aren't para planners so it's a tricky one isn't it for us do you think I mean are you is that your do you find it's also working the other way around as well like Jen what, what, what have you found have you have you sort of seen that yeah I think we're still struggling to I, I feel like we're still a couple steps behind you guys okay. um, in defining what a paraplanner is and we're still we have advisors come to us and they want to pay hardly anything for a skilled CFP. And we have to convince them like, Hey, how much is your time worth? If you're going to hire someone to come in and do this work that you're probably not actually very good at because you're a skilled advisor and not a paraplanner, then you have to be willing to pay for it. So we're probably having more of those conversations, right? but it's probably because we're also a couple steps behind you guys, I think, um, and defining what that paraplanner is. So do you think, so you've got a thousand members, I mean, like, look at it like this, you've got a thousand members who are para planners, if we, if we work on the basis that they are educated, they've been trained, you know, and, 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 is there opportunities to extend the offering for your virtual para planners to do work for UK advisors? Is that an opportunity that's an easy, quick win with training and some top up could do that work to fuel your para planners who by the sounds of it are actually way ahead of the advisors in the sector in the US anyway, but our guys are crying out for resource because there isn't any. Is that an opportunity? Do you think there's mileage in that? I think if there is a way for them to 
get spun up on the UK technical yeah. side of financial planning, then absolutely, 100%, I think they could. I think here in the US, the CFP is basically the standard for education um, yeah. to become a financial planner or a paraplanner supporting yeah. those. Um, and so that's what the majority of our paraplanners go through and, and what we recommend as well for them to go through. So if there was yeah. a way for them to get spun up on the technical side of UK financial planning, I yeah. think, I think absolutely. Well, I, I think we'll take this offline, but I, I think there's, there's an opportunity to, to do that. And I know we've spoken about different things that we could do, but the way I look at it is you've got an underappreciated group of individuals that have a huge potential in their role. They all get what they are, but the advisors don't. Well, we've got thousands of advisors here that get it because it's, they've literally been beaten to death over what a paraplanner is. So if I said, oh, just so you know, I've got a thousand sitting here waiting yeah. for, you know what I mean? They'd be like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. So I think, I think that's a win-win. I love my advisors here. You know, mm -hmm. you love your paraplanners. And I think it's a case of putting those two, two collectives together and seeing what we can do with that. Yeah. Michelle, it's been, it's been insane. Our jobs one job is receiving 40 applicants from very, very qualified CFP individuals. And we just, we have so many paraplaners, but just not enough firms here in the U.S. that, that really appreciate their ability and their skills. Well, and the, and I've, the got, I've got the, pla I've got the planners. Let's connect them. Let's do it. <laughs> jobs. I've got 2000 jobs and no paraplanners. Wow. Which, which is, in, which is, you know, it's the yep. supply and demand problem. And that's why those then that are here in the UK that are quite frankly, a lot of the time, just simply mediocre, they're being paid a ridiculous amount of money. I mean, I had a, I had an advisor phone me up and he was like, um, he said, like, I'm so pissed off. And I was like, why? And he said, I've lost literally this week. I have lost two. And his word was mediocre. I've lost two yeah. mediocre power planners to a firm down the road because they've pinched them from me because they're so desperate. He said, and I've yeah. let them go. He said, because they're, they're not even of a higher standard. He said, we felt that they were better to be in the business than not. So we've, we've almost got, we've got the, we've got the other halves of each other's problem. So I think, mm -hmm. I think that's a conversation. I mean, we've talked about lots of things, but I think yeah, that's, that's, we, we love our clients. We, you know, you love your power planners. I love my advisors. Let's put those two things together, you know, and I think there's lots of opportunity. For that. I think that's, I think we've kind of drilled down to where our next step is in truth. You know, and I think we can do something with that. So we'll take, we'll definitely take that offline. And you know, our advisors will love us for that, and your power planners will think you are the best thing since sliced bread because of that. So it's a win-win, right? The way I see it. Okay, so, um, so coming back, to, coming back to the future of power planning. Like, if we were, if we were doing this and having this conversation, you know, how long ahead? do you think I, I talk about most of the stuff that we're working on you know I will never see the benefits of my life's work in my lifetime and I've kind of accepted that now like I'm 40 you know if I'm lucky I'll last another 60 years I think the speed this profession moves globally I'm going to be dead before this lot comes and pays off like big time I'm never going to make any money out of this business at the moment but so so how, how what was the future hold for this sector the para planners the planners what what, what do you think and Alex you, you start and then Jen I'm interested in in your feedback too like what what does the to hold for us as a, as a sector I think like you said it, it is very <laughs> it is very slow moving and I think um, you know what we have been working so hard to do and what we continue to 
do over here in the U.S. is just redefining that role of a paraplanner and educating and showing that it can be its own profession in its own right. Um, and so once we're able to get that ball rolling a little more and get people to realize, I mean, we have a thousand members. So obviously the paraplanners realize that it is a thing that they don't need to be going for a lead advisor, but now we need the firms to appreciate it as well and start creating more jobs. <clears throat> but I do think that it will take off. And I do think um, virtual pair planning as well, you know, being able to work from anywhere and even potentially cross border work as well. I think, I think that is where the industry is moving. I think once people can, once people realize how easy, cost effective and efficient it can be to work virtually, I think virtual pair planning is, is going to be the new future eventually. It's slow moving, but one of the things I thought about um, after one of our calls was, you know, like, I mean, I don't know if you did this at school where you would almost go on like a country exchange. Like, <laughs> you know, I actually thought that I was like, and I think it was like at two o'clock in the morning or something. I woke up and go, oh my God, we ought to do like a power planner exchange. Like I send <laughs> something to you and you send some to me and we could do this like global swap for a year. You imagine that would be incredible, wouldn't it? <laughs> I would, um, I would sign up. I know, to, to be fair, I would train as a paraplanner. Just to kind of, I'm coming to Hawaii for a year. Yeah, right? I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Okay, Jen, what do you reckon? What do you reckon the, the sector holds in the future? Where, where are we heading? What, what's the direction of travel? I, I mean, I completely agree with everything that you guys are saying. I do think in, in the US, and this may be the same globally as well, there's a lot of um, other areas that we're still working on just as, as an industry like in the US anybody can call themselves a financial advisor whether you're just sitting on the street and you just hold up a sign and say hey I'm a financial advisor even though you have no like you have no background in it so it's I think we're still working on those types of things but I do think that there's a smaller subset in our industry that is moving very very quickly that's going to catch on to this so I think that it's both going to move really really slow but then also you're going to have yeah. a small group that's going to catch on really quickly and we're going to they're going to start majorly passing up everybody else and I think they're going to take on the virtual paraplanners and really kind of establish kind of what we're talking about here today. So uh, so I, I, I think I think we're all kind of viewing it in the same way so just mm -hmm. just I suppose one of my final questions is um, outsourced virtual versus in-house employed and I know this is always this. I mean, I've I've been on panels, and this is always my question that I get. So I'm going to be doing a bit of pain payback to you guys. Like, <laughs> talk talk me through like the benef the, the benefits of both. Like, and I and I'm interested in both of your inputs. So Alex, let's start with you. Like, give me the give me the pros and the cons of outsource, and the pros and the cons of in of insource. Like, what what what's the difference? Well, I should probably start by saying that I've never been in-house. I've always been virtual. And so I'm a little bit biased. But I think, I think virtual pair planning has so many benefits to it. It's cost-effective. Um, you don't have the overhead. As we say here at Simply Pair Planner, you can grow your business without expanding your office. And yeah. so that's huge, you know, being able to grow your team without having to expand your physical office. A lot of people think that, it's hard to develop a personal relationship over video or when working virtually with an individual. We've done all right. We've done just fine. <laughs> yeah, we see, we actually see quite the opposite. You know, when we meet with clients or meet with team members virtually, they're in their own home setting. Yeah. They're relaxed. You get yeah. to meet, you know, they're sick babies sometimes. And, and <laughs> you really get to, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they sit on their keyboard. Yeah. So you really get to meet 
you know, get to know people on a personal level. And I think you can absolutely develop that sort of relationship virtually through a video call just like this. Yeah. Um, and you also, you can pay only for the hours you need when outsourced. So for example, if you need someone 10 hours a week, if you need someone five hours a week, if you need someone 35 hours a week, you can do all of that outsourced. A, a number of para planners do require a minimum, but usually the minimum is only five hours per week. Yeah, so even so, yeah, even so it's way more cost effective to pay yeah. for what you need rather than paying someone a full-time salary to have them in-house. To be honest, it's interesting because as I'm thinking about listening to what you're saying, it's almost like this video needs sharing across the whole of the US, doesn't it? It's almost like it's, it's actually not the other way around that we need this video. <laughs> I'm like praying to the converse. They're like, we know about this. Just give us more power planners. Your <laughs> guys need to listen to this. Like we've got these, these UK power planners, these planners going, just give me more power planners. Yet there's thousands sitting in the US not being used. Not literally. Exactly. It's incredible. So, so, okay, so what's the cons? What do you think are the cons? Now, come on, you're going to have to really dig deep for these. But, like, what do you think are the cons of a, of a virtual power planner? There are some things that, that just can't be done virtually. So, for example, if your firm is not cloud-based um, yeah. and you really, you know, there are some internal software or um, processes that you do that are not cloud-based, then you can't, you can't be virtual. You can't outsource. Um, some people love sending personalized letters and thank you gifts and, and those kinds of things. Yes, you cannot, yeah. you cannot do that virtually. I think also, while I say that you can connect um, really well through video calling and we use Slack to instant message each yeah, other yeah. all the time, <clears throat> it would be so nice if I could just pop my head over to Jen occasionally and ask her a quick question, yeah. but there are time differences involved and yes. um, you know, I have to wait for her to respond via Slack. And so I think those things would be nice to have someone in-house. Yeah. Okay, so let's do this the other way. So, Jen, I know you love virtual power planning. I know you are a virtual power planner, but you have worked in firms. So what what are the pros, you know, what have your any different ones that you want to add on to Alex as the pros and cons? Anything else to add? Yeah, so I've done both in office and virtual, and I've also worked um, as an outsourced virtual paraplanner, and I'm currently a full-time virtual paraplanner for a company, so I'm still virtual, but I work full-time. Oh, okay, cool. Um, okay. And I do think there's situations where the full-time paraplanner, like in-house paraplanner makes sense, even if it's virtual or in person. Um, and for my company that I work for now, we just have so much work to do that it wouldn't make sense for them to outsource 10 hours a week because I'm working over 40 hours a week to do. Yeah. So I think in that situation, it makes sense to probably bring someone in house. That doesn't mean it needs to be like literally in house because I'm still working virtually. Um, so I, it's, but I do think that if you only need to, uh, if you only have 10 to 20 hours of planning work that needs to be done, then it makes complete sense to outsource that. There's no reason to hire someone to fill a seat for 40 hours when you only have 20 hours of work for them to do. Um, yeah. But then I'm, I'm 100% virtual. I love virtual. Um, I don't think I could ever work any other way. So, yeah. But it's interesting because you've actually just triggered something in my mind because in the UK, so if I, if I was a financial planner and I was looking and I needed a full-time power planner, I don't think the majority of the sector would even consider hiring a power planner that lived in another part of the country. They would, they just wouldn't. They'd be like, well, why would I, why would I do that? Why would I not just have them in my office? So you're a bit of an exception and an interesting exception to the rule. So I think people's mental position of an outsourced virtual 
is that they they have their own business and they look after 25 other financial advisors all at the same time but actually i would say that if you're pushing the the you model the the gen model of the work you're ahead of us by miles because i say yeah so i i was at a firm in wales which is obviously in the united kingdom and i said to them you know they're like i'm looking you know they're they're power planner she's an award-winning power planner um you know she's amazing and and um that you know they want to develop her into being more team involved and um and i said well go countrywide hire a full-time power planner and they can be anywhere in the country they're like gosh really i was like yeah why why would you not because i think the whole outsourced virtual is they're not part of our business full-time so i love what you're doing i actually didn't know you were i don't know why i didn't know you but i didn't know you were full-time virtual Mm -hmm. i think it's great our entire company is actually virtual so we have five people in our company and we're all except for there's two of us here in colorado but everyone else is in a different state so um and i would i would say that the company i work for is probably ahead of the game even here in the u.s so but it's i think it's perfectly like you can do it It, it's i don't get why you have to sit in next to someone to do virtual to do para planning i feel like you can do it from anywhere well, well, I, I, well, the, well, you think about it. I say, you know, this particular firm is in Wales. And I said, right, if you want a power planner to drive into your office every day, you're, you're, the pond in which you are fishing is that big for one power planner. Whereas actually, if you go UK wide, UK rules, UK regulation, your pond for your power planner is now the whole of the UK. Yep. But, that, but how would it work if they worked from their home? Fine. It was my response. Like, of course it would work. Of course it, you'd set them up that way. They wouldn't know any other, would they? Nope. We have oh, yes, a number of firms. Go on, we have Alex. a number of firms hire um, full-time virtually like Jen, straight into W-2 full-time positions. And most of them have asked that their paraplanner be somewhat local, you know, that they could drive into the office. If needed. And so every time, if needed, exactly. And every time I have challenged them and said, okay, I will help you find a pair planner. I will post it to Simply Pair Planner only if you're also willing to consider virtual. We'll put a yeah. priority on those that are nearby that can drive in, but I am going to post it across the whole U.S. and we're going to see who applies. Oh, every amazing. single one of those firms. So excited. Every single one of them ended up hiring someone that wasn't local. They did receive local candidates, but the best candidate wasn't local. And they went with the best candidate as opposed to the local candidate. And, and I think I'd like to end on that. And I think that is exactly what we're talking about. This is not the best of a bad bunch in an area that big. This is about getting the best person for the job, regardless of where they are. And you know what? My kind of my ultimate dream in terms of where this sector goes is we break down all country barriers. Now I know that there's different rules, regulations, structures, policies, designations, but you know what? There are, there, there needs to be some barriers broken down into, if you globally define, as we've done with the power planner standard, if you globally design what a power planner is and globally design those skill sets and then have top up qualifications where they can gen up on kind of what's going on and what you need that's an incredible achievement and that's likely to be way past my lifetime but you know that would be insane wouldn't it insane yep that would be incredible 
it, oh my god and i think i think that's that's where the sector's going so look i mean i think oh god we, we could i mean we've we've been going for like 40 odd minutes i think we could just go and go and go and just set the world straight i think we need to take some stuff offline because i think we've got the planners you've got the power planners and i think there's there is massive potential there and also we can do the the student exchange thing i think that's that's an absolute winner <laughs> I'm coming. I'm training as a power planner. Um, if you'd have me, of course, I might not even qualify. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so look, it's been amazing. I mean, is there any last kind of plugs for simply power planning? You know, if, if you were, who knows who's watching this and listening to this? So, so you know, what's your plug for simply power planner? How do they find out more? Um, you know, and you know, what's what's the next step for you guys for them for everyone who's listening? So there are a few different ways to find us and connect with us. We have the Simply Paraplanner community, our Facebook group, which is where you found us. Indeed. We have simplyparaplanner.com, which is the job board. So if you're interested in hiring or being hired virtually, that's the place to go. And then lastly, we have the Paraplanner portal, which is our online academy, where we help train virtual paraplanners, kind of give them an edge in the industry, and help them find their virtual positions. So if you're interested in that, we have a wait list for that because we only open the doors every few months. And that is at simplyparaplanner.com backslash waitlist. I saw that. I love that. I saw that on Facebook and I was like, good girls. Pump, pump out a wait if everyone wants to be on it. It's great. It's, it's, such a, it's such a good thing. I understand the concept of waiting list and it works every single time. It's great. Really great. Jen, anything from your closing marks? Uh, not that I can think of. I think Alex hit, hit the um, nail on the head. I, we're just really excited that we're able to get this word out there and um, things are changing and, and we're glad to be a part of it. Yeah, I think it's incredible. Girls, honestly, thank you so much for your time. I know we, we're going to continue this conversation. I need to almost, I, I, as I always do when I've spoken to you, I always get like this adrenaline shot that I need to go to bed because it's now like nearly eight o'clock and I'm absolutely exhausted. But, you know, I think we will pick up on, again on all the stuff that we've been talking about. But thank you so much. And, and all I can say is, you know, I stumbled across to you guys totally by accident on just browsing through Facebook. So I, if there's you that exists, you know, there must be lots of other power planners globally. And I think maybe we open the doors a bit and, you know, and, and invite global power planning into a community. And we should just see where that goes because I think it's huge, huge potential. So my pleasure to share my last hour of my waking day because I couldn't fall asleep <laughs> soon up, right um and um I look forward to um catching up with you both soon all right thank you so much yeah, thank you You're so much welcome. have a good evening bye